Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. It is always game day in Cleveland. The original, it's always, just so you know. Not to be confused with those other guys out there that just seem to be riding our coattails on the success of our podcast. I don't want to say that Buffalo and Kansas City have done that now, but I will. That's okay. It's good to be the original, like the original Coke, right, Daryl? Something like that. Something like that? You okay with it? Just follow the leader. That's what I say. And so we're the leader. We're going to rip out our rear view mirror and look forward and ahead to what's coming up for the Browns after we've had one preseason game, uh, two preseason games, and now three preseason games, uh, two of which they lost 21-20, including the game last night against the Chicago Bears where we got to see Jacoby Brissett, but he was still missing some parts of his offensive line. He was missing some parts of the first-team starters as well. So I, I just don't know how to look at it. Daryl, tell me when I say Jacoby Brissett to you, after last night's game, what do you think? Uh, I hope to God that's not what we're in store for for the next 11 games with him at quarterback because that was ugly. It, it was. I mean, it just it, it, it was terrible. Did not get a lot of help from the supporting cast. Um, as you mentioned, though, top two running backs were not uh, on the field, uh, so maybe that impacts some things. Amari Cooper, the one guy who actually can catch a football on this team, was not on the field. Um, so uh, hopefully they'll get better results, uh, next time out. But yeah, I mean, th- that offense was just God awful painful to watch. Uh, you had, uh, you know, six series with Jacoby Brissett, two, uh, 10 play drives. One ended in a, a, a missed, uh, field goal. Another was, uh, the long make, uh, made from 57, missed from 58. Um, and then the rest of it just pretty much was hot garbage. So um, hopefully that's not indicative of what we're going to have to suffer through because we suffered through that Saturday night. That 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 was pain and suffering watching that. It was, uh, it, 
Daryl, it just wasn't fun. I mean, that's no. what the whole thing, especially at the beginning of it. It was just like, I, you got to be kidding me. Is this really what we're going to see? And Kevin Stefanski said to Jim Donovan before the game on the pregame show on the network was like, look, the biggest thing I need to do is just have Jacoby be settled and relaxed with me in his headset so he can understand exactly what we were doing. That seemed to me like his primary goal last night was to have Jacoby be able to understand, you know, what it's like to have Kevin in his head during a game and it, it, the execution didn't look good. But then again, I kept going back and forth going, all right, is it going to be this bad when the season starts? And it, it didn't instill a lot of confidence. You know, a like guy had said going into last night's game was like Jacoby just needed to be adequate. Right. And I think fans walk away from the game saying, I, I don't know that he was adequate. And Josh Dobbs goes out there and looks like a superstar against third and fourth teamers and guys just trying to make it. And I know what my phones are going to sound like tomorrow. Why isn't Josh Dobbs starting? Why are they not going out and getting Jimmy Garoppolo? Why, 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 why? When I just don't think you can put as much weight on that game as, as what I think fans want to. No, you can't. And, um, you know, Kevin Stefanski wanted to do the basics and they barely did the basics. And that is get, the, get the play called, get everyone lined up, snap the football. Um, they, they just, they got to stop putting Anthony Schwartz on the field. Like he's going to make the team. He shouldn't make the team. He should be cut. If Andrew Berry was a good GM and a confident GM, he would cut him. So why, why um, won't they cut him? Why won't they cut him? him? They're not going to cut him. Cause Andrew Berry picked him. That's why. I mean, GMs the, can cut their own guys after, in, in year two. That just doesn't happen. So, um, so tell me you saw something in practice that we didn't see. No, he sucked in training camp too. Like that's my, that, this is my whole point. Andy shouldn't be on the team. Not good enough to be on the team, but they don't have anything else at wide receiver. Like nobody else blew the doors off in training camp or the preseason at receiver. Did they? No. So, I mean, this is where they're at. Um, you know, there was talk about Dalen Baldwin. There was talk about, you know, Mike Harley Jr. But I, I don't know that that's, those guys feel like practice squad guys to me. I don't know that I yeah, would. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 <laughs> like they, they do not have NFL caliber receivers outside of Amari Cooper. They don't. Like that's that that has become crystal clear to me in uh preseason and training camp. It's bad. Like it's Brian Robisky Mohammed Massaqua bad behind Amari Cooper. And that's on Andrew Barry. There's a lot being put on Donovan Peoples Jones, which didn't see a lot of him in the preseason, right? Correct. Didn't see a lot of him in training camp. Um, a lot's being put on David Bell, who's a third-round pick, a rookie. You know, I mean, that's where we're at. So, hopefully, Andrew Barry uh, scours the waiver wire or starts burning up the phones before uh, final cuts to see if he can maybe get um, something, anything resembling an NFL-caliber receiver. Because if that's what Jacoby Brissett's going to have to throw to, it's going to be a long 11 weeks. It really, really is. And defending the Cleveland Browns is going to be real easy. Take Amari Cooper out, stack the box. Problem solved. And you're going to see a ton of three and out and a cloud of dust. So Unless, uh, they're, able, unless they're able to pass to uh, Njoku or they decide they want to start throwing to, to Hunt or Chubb. 
That's about it. But because that's, look, here's the other thing. He catches the ball when it's thrown to him. Like, well, here, here's another option for you seen, too. What have you seen from him since being drafted to where you're confident that he's going to be that consistent playmaker? Can he what, make this for you? Absolutely. And Joko, we're talking about, right? Right. Okay, Can he do it on a consistent basis? Well, I don't know. Hope so. I mean, to his credit, you, you know, when when you watch practice, um, I would argue he's one of the hardest working guys on the field before and, and after practice, but he's not been a consistent playmaker. That's why a lot of people, first thing that popped into people's heads when he got that contract extension is dude's overpaid. Um, I disagree with that because the market is what the market is for tight ends. And I will never begrudge a player for getting paid. Um, but the onus is going to be on him to elevate his game this year and basically catch everything that's thrown to him. Like they cannot afford to have any drops from David Njoku. They can't like their margin of error is offensively thinner than a sheet of paper. Like they cannot afford any mistakes on offense. Uh, no, no pre-snap penalties. Uh, you can't have drop passes. Um, Got to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and those running backs carrying the load. Like that's going to be the formula here. Amari Cooper is going to have to catch everything that's thrown to him. David Njoku is going to have to catch everything that's thrown to him. Harrison Bryant can have to catch everything thrown in. Because again, it, it's a crapshoot. You throw it to anybody else on the field, other than the guys I just—it's crapshoot. It, it really is. And it just—I am not optimistic about this offense at all. When you talk about this receiver core. It, it, like I said, it is Mohamed Massaqua, Brian Robisky, bad behind Amari Um, I, I have other questions, but I know we're going to talk about the offense and defense. We're going to split them up in the next two segments, too. I just the overall feel of the organization right now. Like I ask you, who who is the face of the franchise right now? Normally, it would be your quarterback. Is it Miles Garrett? Like I'm looking through the crowd, and who do the fans think is the is the face of the franchise? Who's the driving force behind this? And, you know, what we saw and what I saw was Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb as far as the fans and their interaction, I guess, through jersey sales on what they want. But I don't know if you've, you know, I just, you can't have a running back or a defensive player be the face of the franchise. It's got to be your quarterback, and we don't have one for 11 weeks. I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel. Yeah. and <laughs> Facts. Uh, the guy they brought in not allowed to play for 11 weeks or actually 11 games, uh, by weeks in there. So it's longer than that. Um, it is, uh, you know, they, they need miles Garrett to finish strong. You know, he tends to fade in December every year. Um, he puts up his numbers between September and the end of November. And then December comes and for whatever reason it fades for him. He doesn't finish, and I and that's I think what gets held against him when you talk about like player rankings and stuff like that. Um, they need, you know, they they need Miles Garrett to be as good in December and as productive in December and January as he is in September, October, uh, and November. But uh, to me, face of the franchise doesn't even matter. Like I, that's like the last thing on my mind. Um, well, who's leading I, the team? Who who I'm who just, do you trust as your leaders? I mean, I get it on Miles. You know, Nick is I well, love Nick Chubb, but he's a quiet. And it's Jacoby he's a, on offense. Yeah, I mean, 
Nick Nick Chubb just played. Nick Chubb is not the guy to rally the locker room. Like he's not a rah rah no. guy. That's not his personality. And so you just you, it's not fair to expect that he's going to be that guy or to ask him to be that guy. Um, so it's Jacoby uh, until Deshaun Watson is allowed to play football. That that's just the way it is. Miles Garrett defense. Um, everyone follows him, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely not Nick Chubb on offense because he is just give me the ball, let me get my yards, you know, just let me play. I'm a smart player. I'm going to do right. exactly what we need to do to win. I will do everything I can. Well, we always have Kate York, so we're good with that. Yeah, he was kicking seventies. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, Darren, it was awesome when he was kicking those seventy-yard field goals before the game. Kicked a seventy-yard field goal. Well, I mean, look, it, it it appears that they have the kicker, right? Finally, um, it it took him ten years post Phil Dawson to finally find a kicker. They've got it. Um, that's pretty clear. I I. The only kicks he's missing are from 50 yards and back. So that it's Although he hit one yesterday. He hit a 53, right? But I under no, he hit from 57, missed from 57. 58. But Sorry. my point is the only kicks that he has missed, be it practice or preseason games, have been beyond 50 yards. And those are those are crapshoot kicks, right? Those are well, they always are, especially at our place. Right. I mean, those are those are flip a coin kicks. Kicking and the 57 yarder that he hit. Uh, that was going into the West end zone. It was right down the middle. Uh, it, it was good by a good 15 yards. They'll, uh, the 58 yard he missed was going into the dog pound, which is the, the toughest end to kick in had plenty of distance on that. So, um, wait, which and, way the 70 yard in practice, which way was that to the West or to the East? Uh, West. It was the same as what we kicked the long field. Going Kicking West is easier in that stadium. Kicking toward the dog pound is the the challenge. Um, so you feel good about that. And again, Kevin Stefanski's trying trying stuff out there. I mean, think about how bad the offense was Saturday night. They had to go for it on a fourth and two to avoid a third straight three and out to start the game. Like, thank God they converted that just so that they could move an additional 20 yards to get in position to kick that 58 yard field goal. That's how bad it was offensively. Um, so, I mean, look, I mean, this is the re the challenge for Kevin Stefanski is going to be to win with what he's given to work with. And so I don't know how you get Amari Cooper open when you don't have anyone, any other threat in your receiving core. Um, I don't know how you, other than Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, just bulldozing guys, how you're going to create those running lanes when teams are just going to stack the box like they did last year. Because, frankly, the passing game is not a threat, Andy. It's not a threat. It really isn't. And it's going to be real interesting to see how Kevin Stefanski attacks this and schemes things up so that they can create some mismatches and they cr can create some opportunities for their key playmakers. And that, of course, you know, David Njoku, Hunt, Chubb, and Amari Cooper. Like, those four guys. Find a way to get them the ball in space to where they can create and make some plays. That's going to be Kevin Stefanski's charge. All right, let's look through it. We're going to go through the roster here. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, just subscribe to the podcast. 
Um, otherwise, if you want to be a part of the show, and we love having you be a part of the show, at Game Day CLE, at Game Day CLE. Uh, that's on Instagram and Twitter. More coming up after this. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. It's always game day. He is Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, I should say. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, let's play the roster game. I'm looking forward to it. Now, prior to... Us playing the roster game, uh, there were two guys that we know, at least reports, you can eliminate them from probably being on the active roster to start the season. Unfortunately, Chris Odom, with a nasty injury in last night's game, looks like he's headed to the IR uh, with an ACL tear. That was not fun, not fun to watch, and uh, I, I wish him the best of luck trying to recover. Also, USA Today was reporting that Curtis Weaver had been uh, waived the uh, left defensive end. He had been, and and as of right now, Daryl, I think that's it. As of when we recorded this uh, this podcast, yeah, I expect a lot uh, some moves to come on Monday, and I don't think that they're going to waste a lot of time come Tuesday. Um, they've got practice scheduled for like three thirty in the afternoon, both Tuesday and Wednesday. Obviously, that's related to the roster cut down as well as the waiver claim. So. Uh, I uh, expect that Andrew Barry will be making some decisions on Monday and then, uh, you know, the, the final ones come Tuesday. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting few days at a couple of positions to see what ultimately shakes out uh, with some of these really difficult roster calls that he has. All right, Daryl, let's go through it. Let's start with the quarterback position. Will they keep – Two or three. I have two. What do you have? Two quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs, Josh Rosen gets cut. Maybe they get him on the practice squad. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson. He is suspended by the commissioner for 11 games. Um, let's uh, let's save the best for last year. Let's go. Um, let's do wide receivers now. This will be fun. I, I, I think running backs is best for last, don't you? Or do you think, right? What's yeah, the best for I, I yeah, mean, they're keeping backs five of them, so. Okay. All right, well, let's do running backs now, then, since you already said what you're going to say. Ooh, excuse me. Who are the five running backs they're keeping? Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Ernest Johnson, Jerome Ford, Demetric Felton, John Kelly. Going to try and get him to the practice squad, probably. So, Kelly goes to the practice squad. That leaves a, a pretty big question mark for a guy that's been with the team for a while, and they've had him listed at tight end in Johnny Stanton. What happens to him? 
Well, they have him listed at tight end, and he's one of the three tight ends that they keep. David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, Johnny Stanton, the fourth. And then I am going to say that Miller Forrestal makes it initially and then gets cut for a waiver claim. Wow, look at you. That's uh, I didn't even go that deep on this stuff. It, it's just what I um, do. So I got laughed at when I said six. Can they keep six running backs yesterday on the pregame show? I got laughed at, right, Meredith? You were sitting next to me. I was on the network pregame show, and I said, can they keep six? And in that world that you just talked about, if you keep Stanton, that's six backs, whether they're running or full. Correct. Okay, I, I agree with you. I got, list, I, mean, I got destroyed. him officially uh, as a tight end. So, yes. So, I mean, uh, Demetric Felton, uh, you know, even though he's listed as a running back, he spends more time at wide receiver. But, yeah, the, I, I say they keep five running backs um, and four tight ends, including Johnny Stanton, the fourth, and ultimately they end up claiming somebody uh, off the waiver wire. Johnson or Hunt traded this week? Neither. Neither. They'll keep both. No, yeah, I mean, you, you need to earnest his uh, return insurance and Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah, you're, you don't have the luxury of trading him. All right, Daryl. So let me, every playmaker you can get for these 11 weeks with, without having Deshaun Watson, there's no way they can afford to trade Kareem Hunt. All right. So let's do this. Um, let me recap where we are right now. Three tight ends, two quarterbacks and five running backs. And Johnny Stanton is counted as a tight end. So we are up to 10 players on our roster, correct? 11. 11, five. I'm, keep, and I'm keeping track on my end too. Oh, okay. Well, we've three got, tight ends. got room for 42 more players on our roster. Okay. Cause if you have five, cause I'm at this point, five running backs, two quarterbacks is seven. Add three, 10. Who three tight ends, uh, waiver claim. Remember I told you they're keeping Miller Forrestal. I, I think they keep Miller Forrestal and then cut him to make room for a waiver claim. Okay. So I need to, I need to do Add that. Tight up, ends, put them before. Tight ends. All right, let's go to offensive line then. Let's do this. Offensive line. Wills, Betonio, uh, uh, Posick, Teller, Conklin. There's five for sure. Keep going. Take me to the next level. Then there, I think that they will go uh, Chris Hubbard, Michael Dunn, Blake Hans, James, H James Hudson, the third, four backups from there. Froholt, cut. Uh, yeah, I think they try and get him on the practice squad. Okay. He seemed to be a fan favorite of the pregame show. I'm just telling he you. He might be a fan favorite. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, I, they're keeping four backup offensive linemen. So that is, so if they keep him, that means Hubbard, Dunn, Hans, or Hudson have to go. One of those four. Gotcha. So we're up to, so we're saying nine offensive linemen. Correct. <coughs> Here we go. All right. So. Again, if you're keeping score at home, five running backs, two quarterbacks, four tight end, and nine offensive linemen. Let's go. That's right. Now let's go to the wide receiver spot. How I, I have, I have them keeping five, Daryl. But I, I'm. I, you can talk me out of that in a second. I, I just I don't know who they are. That's the problem. <laughs> problem is, I feel like I need to talk you into these guys. Um, I have them keeping Amari Cooper, Anthony Schwartz, Donovan Peoples Jones, David Bell. Michael Woods, the second, and a sixth to be named waiver claim or trade. So six receivers. 
Any chance Demetric Felton gets relisted as a wide receiver as a kick returner? And that would give you six wide receivers. Well, we're already keeping him on the team, so it was doesn't... he already? He wasn't in your five. Oh, he was yeah, in your he's, five. Yeah, yeah that's he's right. One, no, one of my five Kelly went to. I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. All right, so you have us keeping six. Try to keep up. Yes. Sorry, I, I had Mensa, <laughs> Ryder Mensa. All right, so let's go back and do the math now. You have 15. Between I got 27 the... guys left to to name. All right. Well, all right. Let's do this before we go to break. Our let's three make... specialists. Let's get there. Them you away. go. Our yeah. three specialists. We know who they are. Cade York. Corey Borges and Charlie Hewlett, which means we are going to pick a grand total of 24 defensive players. Look at that. 24 defensive players, all straight ahead. By the way, did Borges not look really good punting yesterday? He did. I and For the first time, I feel like we have a punter and a kicker. That is what will take us to break. Your well, excitement I, over the special teams. I, yes. I ha- have to tell you. I really hope that they are not competing for the team MVP this year. <laughs> Cade York probably already has that locked up right now. Well, he has rookie of the year locked up. Oh, no. MVP, rookie of the year, and the Phil Dawson man of the year as well. Let, let's just put this. Not right. to mention anything you want to say about his mustache, too. If Cade York is the team MVP this year, I have a feeling that people are going to be very, very unhappy. <laughs> It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We hope you're happy listening to the podcast. If you like it, please subscribe. We beg for subscribers. That's just how we are. We are hum- we uh uh not humble. What's the right word? We, we will shamelessly shill for there subscribers. Fair, Daryl, and ratings always... and stars and nasty comments and anything and quarterback jerseys too. That's true. Oh yeah, we got to do an update on the quarterback jersey situation. We'll bring Meredith in for that next. All right, it's always game day in Cleveland. Back with the defense. After this, it's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are through the offense. And would you have 27 guys on offense? Is that what we came up with that are already done? We say they're on it, right? 27 on offense. Mm, yeah. Did so, I had I to make sure my math isn't wrong. I mean, we were just, we had a segment like 40 well, seconds ago. Keep, well, see, I'm trying to keep track on mine. I'm doing a We went 27 and we added the special teams to get us to 30. No, that's no. So it's 26 on offense. Plus Killing me. Is 29, 29 plus 24 equals 53. All right. Okay. We'll get to 53 here. Uh, Darryl, I, I'm the one that failed math. Why am I doing the math? That's okay. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about uh, my algebra. At uh, I'm still Clinton trying to figure out what X, Y, and Z is. There's a reason I took philosophy in college rather than math. Let's just be honest. Here we go. Oh, by the way, stand by, too. We'll give you a Jersey update, too. We have asked you, and you have come through strong when it comes to showing us uh, Browns quarterback jerseys in the wild. So we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Daryl, let's start with the all-important defensive line. Clowney, Bryant, Elliott, Garrett, Locks. What's after that? Uh, I'm going to say Alex Wright, Tommy Togiai, Perry and Winfrey, and Isaiah Thomas. Eight defensive linemen in total. There you go. So, uh, Isaac Rochelle, nope. He came over from Indianapolis. Uh, Roderick Perry the second, Glenn Close. I'm sorry, Glenn Logan. Glenn Logan. If Glenn Close was making the team, we were all in for a very fatal attraction on this team. I just want to say that. Sorry, I screwed that up. And then we just said, uh, Chris Odom, as we saw, he got injured, so that doesn't help him at all. He and then Chris, 
And Curtis Weaver, um, it, as we had reported at the beginning of this podcast, we had heard that he had been released from USA Today. Not from us, not from the Browns. All right, you ready to go linebacker? Let's go linebacker. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Jacob Phillips, Anthony Walker Jr., and John Dorsey's favorite name to say, Sione Takitaki. Do you ever think you'd see a day where they only kept four linebackers? Seems no, odd, but that's that's the you know that's the game today that you know. Yeah, it's goofy. They're going to it, it, now. I I think they're going to keep four. There's a chance they keep five and go with eleven DBs versus twelve DBs. I have I, I have them going with twelve DBs. That's corners and safeties combined. Right. Um. But I I think that Tony Fields or Willie Harvey, those are your two competing. If they go for five linebackers it'll be either willie harvey jr or tony fields uh the second but for the purposes of my roster uh i say they keep four linebackers all right so let's backtrack on the defensive side of the ball four linebackers and would you i'm sorry for doing this eight defensive linemen right yeah okay eight so i got that right there we go my math is coming back into focus all right let's go deep into the rest of this because this is where we go and we're talking about 11 or 12 corner safety free safety corner nickelback all right, where are we going? Uh, let's go the safeties first. I think that they will keep five of them. And those will be Grant Delpit, JJ3, that's John Johnson third, Ronnie Harrison Jr. I say DeAnthony Bell makes the team, the undrafted rookie free agent. I had him he as is, a question mark. I thought he, him very, very close. Had an outstanding training camp in preseason. Uh, I got him on the team and Richard LeCount as well. So... Uh, that is where I am at on the safeties. So that takes out pretty much Javante Moffitt, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So Moffitt, who came over from the Jets, uh, is out. Well, you want to go corners next? Yeah, that's all we have left on the table. Uh, you could say nickel, but that's all right. Go Because, I mean, if you go with five, if you start five defensive yeah. backs. Uh, so. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom the second, Grady Williams, Martin Emerson Jr., A.J. Green, I think Sean Jolly makes the team hmm. and then question mark for the final DB slot. Either yeah, a wa- it, either a waiver claim or they keep like Herb Miller or Lavert Hill, which I don't think is going to happen, but I, you I said you did say Emerson, right? I didn't miss. Yes. Well, Martin okay. Emerson Jr. Yeah. I was, I was like, I don't know if I checked him off from what you said. All right. So Ward, Delpit, Johnson, Williams, Newsom are your starters. And then your what well, maybe your mat your uh, backups are Green, Harrison, LeCount, Emerson, uh, and Jolly and Bell, right? Yeah, and and okay. what and what I'm going to do is build in a flex claim, okay? Um, where it could be anywhere on the roster. We got one. We got one position. Why we have 52 names so far, right? Uh, we built in an offensive uh, waiver claim, and that was at the tight end position. Uh, and we also built one in at wide receiver as well. And then, so I'm going to build in one defensive claim. So three total waiver claims or, uh, acquisitions via trade or whatever. I think they bring three new bodies in. All right. So that's, I mean, that's what it should look like. I mean, this was one of those years where it really wasn't that difficult. Was it? I mean, we were talking about picking eight spots, nine spots, maybe at the most. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I don't think that there's going to be a tremendous amount of activity. Now, um, 
I still, again, to reiterate from earlier, I just, I'm really concerned about this receiving core. And look, I could be completely wrong. And Schwartz rebounds and has a great year. And Donovan Peoples Jones has an awesome year. And David Bell has a great rookie year. And, and Michael Woods, the second uh, as well. I just, they're unproven commodities. So I just think I'm real disingenuous with our audience if I just sit here and sell you on all these young kids stepping up in big roles and doing big, big things as young players. I just, I, I don't think that that's reality. Um, and it, it's part of the, the, the roster build, roster evaluation process that uh, GMs go through. Um, Andrew Berry clearly wants to see what these young kids have. I'm not impressed with, the, what, what, with what I've seen from a consistency standpoint. Do they all have potential? Yeah. But can they do it consistently? Well, I don't know. Haven't seen them do it consistently yet. So I can't sit here and, and say that. And that's you know the, the crux of uh, my concerns. But yeah, I think three, maybe four tops. Uh, I just, I, I feel like that this roster, for the most part, Andy, pretty well set. Some things obviously out of your control as far as injuries go. Um, I, I really thought Chris Odom might've had a chance to make the team there. I really like Isaiah Thomas a lot. Um, just, just had a daughter. The team let him go to Oklahoma for the, for the birth. He back with the team. Unfortunately, he broke his hand, uh, late in camp, but was able to get himself back on the practice field, clubbed up, uh, wearing a, a cast and a brace and things like that was able to play, uh, Saturday night. I, I really like him a lot. Uh, as a young developmental player, or you look in the in the middle of that defensive line, they seem really, really uh, confident in Elliott and Brian. I mean, my goodness, Miles Garrett said last week he thinks J Jordan Elliott's in for a big year, thinks he's going to have a breakout year uh, in year three uh, with the Browns. Um, and, and, you know, Tommy Togiai and Perry and Winfrey will be rotational guys. Um, I, I, I don't know what to expect from either one of those guys, but, um, yeah, I mean, just when you overall look at the big picture of this roster, Andy, just for the most part, pretty well set going into the uh, the initial 53 trim down. All right, Daryl, let's have a little bit of fun to end this. Let's bring in Meredith Kane, the world's greatest producer uh, in the It's Always Game Day series, which now seems to be sweeping the nation with the original here in Cleveland. Meredith Kane. I ask you, how is our jersey search going? And explain to everybody what we're doing. So we are looking for jerseys of every single starting quarterback for the Browns since 1999. And we are looking for these jerseys out in the wild. So if you're at a game and you see one, or if you're at the grocery store, or filling up with gas at the gas station, we are looking for these jerseys. So we started off pretty strong this week we found let me give the count that's one and two three so we got four we got charlie fry johnny manzel brandon whedon and baker mayfield so one of these was found at the gas station charlie fry the other three we saw at the preseason game on saturday night uh i am posting all of our jerseys and i am posting our checklists uh both Twitter and Instagram at game day CLE. So if you want to follow along, that's where you can find it. If you want to participate, don't forget to tag us. And also I did create bingo cards. So I know, if you, they're awesome. If you want a bingo card, uh, just reach out to 
the show's Instagram or Twitter page at Game Day CLE. You can either DM or just add us and let me know, and I'll send you a bingo card and you can play along. All right. So hey, let's reiterate here one more Fry Mayfield. Who are the other two? Brandon Whedon. Oh, Whedon. And Johnny Manziel. And we got to add Deshaun Watson on that. So, oh, are we? So I have. Yeah, we're going to include Deshaun on that. Okay. So on my list, I'll add Deshaun Watson on my list. And Brissett, right? Shouldn't we add Brissett too? I do have. Well, we we don't have a jersey yet. We do. We did have. I did have a Watson jersey in front of me in the press box Saturday night. So So that means that we have five. So I did put Jacoby Brissett on the list. I didn't put Deshaun Watson on the list because he's not technically a starter yet. Uh, I was probably going to wait until later in the season, but I can add him on the list and throw a Watson jersey in there since I'm sure there's a bunch of them floating around downtown. I'll tell you what. I'd be willing to, even if he gets cut, I'd be willing to interview the person that has a Rosen jersey. I, I will oh get a soundbite from the person that has <laughs> a Rosen. If you have a Browns Rosen 19 jersey in your possession, I want to hear from you. So and basically, you will, you will be Rosen's in the next podcast. Dad, if you are listening, Andy Baskin would like to speak to you. Oh, no. I guarantee someone made a 19 Rosen jersey. And if you so that have would be it, bonus, that would be a bonus jersey since Rosen hopefully will not be starting for the Browns. Because if we are in a situation, starting, I don't think he's gonna, we don't think he's going to be on the team. I was about to say, Tuesday. if we are if we are in a situation where Josh Rosen is starting for the Browns, we are in a whole heap of trouble. All right. If you have it, you'll be making a guest appearance on the podcast. Uh, Daryl, what quarterbacks off this list that we have so far? Um I shouldn't say off this list. Who who do you think we sh- should have? Like, I, I can't believe we don't have a couch yet. That's the first one, because I've seen those. And again, it's not really up to us to do this. We're, we want everyone else to do it. Well, if we do find it, we'll put it up there on the web. But um, couch, I think, is the one that I expect the most. How about a Griffin? I think the Griffin, the Robert Griffin the third jerseys are going to be tough. Yeah, uh, I would say couch. Um, Charlie Fry, Derek well, Fry we Anderson, have. Brady Quinn, like those should all, and Brian Hoyer, those should all be layups. Yes, they should be. The yeah. in fact, I think I bought three of the four of those. If you have a and dunk, and, and, it, and you know what we did, we took the name tape off the back. Yeah, <laughs> we took the name off the back. All right, so if you have like a Doug Peterson jersey, or if you have a Spurgeon Wynn jersey, or a Connor Shaw. Austin Davis. Ooh, um, ooh, top Hogan. one. If you have a Hogan's Heroes jersey, like you and and the coup de gras, Nick Mullins. If there is a Nick Mullins. Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome would be a good one. Yeah, Del Homie. You know, he, what about Touchdown Jesus? Uh well, touchdown Jesus. Uh, you mean what, uh one uh, start. Uh, Charlie Whitehurst. Yes. He did he never started. Clipboard Jesus, right? Touchdown Jesus at Notre Dame. Yeah, Touchdown Jesus is the guy that's uh, the the uh, mosaic mural outside of Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah, it's very cool, by the way. I do not want to be around you when the lightning hits you because the Catholics are going to be very angry with you. Why? Because they play Ohio State this week? <laughs> well, it is that- amazing to me that like the similarities between Ohio State and Notre Dame. People don't so, realize So the it. funny thing is, so uh, funny story, growing up uh, as a uh, young Catholic man, Yep. Uh, my mom was a nurse, and so she would take us to the hospital for mass. And so the best part of going to the hospital for mass is number one, half hour in and out. 
Ooh, didn't realize that. But, oh, gets way better. This mass done in 11 minutes because the priest was a Notre Dame fan and (laughs) he would do mass during halftime of the Notre Dame game. And he was never late for the second half kickoff. So we would knock out mass literally in 12 minutes. Freaking awesome. The best. So I was a big Joe Montana fan when I was a kid. And that made me like Notre Dame because um, Notre Dame played Navy at the old stadium. And my dad took me to the game and I always liked it. And, um, yeah, as part of my that made me like Notre Dame. It's part of my childhood rebellion. I could never root for Notre Dame. That's why I always called them the crying Irish of Notre Dame, because it would just like make all of my uh, friends very unhappy with me uh, as <laughs> devout Catholics. It's like blasphemy to say anything bad uh, about Notre Dame. And so I would always root against Notre Dame. It's part of the reason I became an Ohio State fan. <laughs> so one of the reasons I became like I, I I fell in love with the tight end position when I was young, and Ken McAfee was one of those guys that was a tight end for Notre Dame. Do you remember him? I didn't I realize the name. he. So I, he was one of Montana's guys, and then I always loved Ozzy when I was a kid, and Dave Logan was a you know one of those inspirations yep. to me, who's now in Denver, and actually he was on our morning show. Uh, last week so it was kind of interesting to hear him I did I was really bummed out though once when I lived in Montana in the early 90s first of all Dave Logan was really cool my news director was down there because he wanted to see a Broncos game for free so he got a credential I'm not kidding I mean this is this is how rinky dink it is and since we're on the podcast I'll say this the the station I worked at in Montana where I loved everybody I loved the general manager I loved all the salespeople but one of the things they used to say was that if it cost a nickel to go to the bathroom, some of the folks in our upper management would explode because they wanted everything for free. You with me on this one? I'm, I'm right there, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. So uh, our news director at the time, who was not a part of that, his name was Ian Marquand, who was a great guy. He, um, he went to the game, got a credential, went in there, and I, I don't know how he did it, but he went up and he interviewed Logan, and at the end he said, um, hey, uh, I know your sports director, Andy Baskin, is a huge Browns fan, and he's a big Dave Logan fan, and I just want to say hi. How are you, Andy? Good to see you. So it made my day, but I listened to him like a couple, like a year later while I was in Montana because we, I think we got the Broncos broadcast up there on the radio. <coughs> I think it was KOA was their station too, right? Does that sound right, KOA? Out in and Denver, it, yep. Yep, so. 50,000-watt station out there. Yeah, I think, I think it was KOA. So. I, they were playing the Browns, and I heard it on the radio, and Logan ripped the you-know-what out of the dog pound. Now, I wasn't there, and he probably was right. He was in Cleveland, and I'm sure that our dog pound folks were throwing everything at the Broncos, but he ripped the you-know-what out of the – and I kind of walked away. I was like, oh, come on, Dave, man. You played for the Browns your whole career, and then you ripped the dog pound because they were throwing batteries and kegs <laughs> and tomahawks. It's, it's- and what else could they have thrown out there? Engines and uh, basketball hoops. I don't know. They threw everything out on the field. I was bummed when he did that. I will tell you that, though. I was I was bummed. That's what I got. Axes. We do not, we do not condone any of that behavior. No. It is, a new, it is a new world we live in. And if you want to turn in the person you're sitting next to you, there's a number you can text, and they have it on the scoreboard all game. Right? Yeah, the, the, I am old enough to remember the uh, the dog pound on a weekly basis, showering 
visiting opponents with batteries and dog biscuits on a regular basis. Oh, I, I'm so, I mean, I was lucky enough because my dad was working down there. So I got to go in the field every once in a while when I was young. I would love to hear dog pound stories too. Like I would love to. I, read dog you, pound I don't, I don't know if the statute of limitations has expired yet. So I don't know if we can actually have dog pound stories yet. Like, I think people have to be like, I think we have to be talking about dead people at this point. Well, I mean, there's all, like that. You, you know, what at, my, least, at least the stories that I can tell. So the <laughs> I two, have wait for people to die. <laughs> we, oh, you have stories. Well, why can't we not? Uh, why can't we hide uh, our identity? Because we're keeping it a family podcast. That's why. all I know is that the the folks that used the front row got run out of there pretty quick um, after the regime changes, right? Yeah, we didn't see those people on the front row uh, front row much longer after the, but they kept the name. But all and it, I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes stories like with some of the characters that have sat, like we don't have characters in the dog pound anymore, do we? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the stories of, you know, guys sneaking in kegs and stuff like that, you know, so they didn't have to go to the concession stands for beer. I still think my favorite is the fact that Hank Aaron used to go in there and sit in there, fly yeah. out from Atlanta for games and no one knew. No. Yeah. No one knew he went in. And, and if they did know, they didn't say anything. They didn't make a big deal about it. Right. That's what I loved they about it. That's what can be. Yeah. So, all right. Are we done for this week? You have a final thought or what are you thinking here? I No, I, th- I think we're good. We'll see. We'll see how right we are on the, uh, on, on the roster here come Tuesday at 4 PM. All right. I'm excited too. It seems like last point, Daryl, is it me or does this feel like this is a rather very, very long break and it's because of the new no, scheduling. It's, it, it, it's fairly normal. So they will, uh, it used practice. to be 10 days. 10. Right. Well, it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they'll practice. And then everybody in the NFL is off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They get the three-day weekend. And then once everyone comes back on Labor Day, buckle up. Here we go. Uh, the, it'll, you know, the season's going to be here before we know it. But um, I, I think the reason why it feels so long, Andy, is because training camp just takes forever, right? And they remove the preseason game but they didn't cut any of camp out and that extra training camp is that ramp up period now. So it just, it feels like training camp takes forever, but no, the, the, um, the time in between, of course it's been shifted, right? Right. Uh, Typically uh, cut downs used to be on Saturday. Like it was Saturday at four o'clock is, is when the cuts would come and some Browns regimes would make us wait till like midnight to get the cuts and some would have the cuts out like Friday night at five. Um, and so now that it's, I, I, I personally like this schedule of get them done on Tuesday, three days of practice, three day weekend, come back Labor Day and away we go into week one. I actually don't have a problem with this portion of how the NFL laid out the schedule. Believe it or not, Daryl does not have something to complain about. There we go. It's a new day. I think you've perked up throughout this this podcast too. I think we started a little grumpy in the beginning. Well, I, it's the ma- the again math vexes me. Yeah, that's and the and and you kept throwing me for a loop because like I'm like did uh, did I do this right? Uh, and um, so I was very nervous about the math. I didn't want any of our listeners to be like Daryl, you're an idiot. You can't add and subtract. So I I think I succeeded. well that's okay. I'm the one that couldn't add and subtract. So right. don't worry about it. We're good. I think I successfully navigated the roster math. It is you that had the problem. And again, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with you having the problem with adding and subtracting. But me, eh, you know, I get a little. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'll leave with this note. I failed Chisholm Bob. Do you know what that was? No. I think I'm a little. 
Okay, so in the 70s, they had this system. Yeah, see, I when was, I was real born little, in, I know, at the I end know. of the 70s. I know. They had this system where you would take your thumb and you would bounce it on the table and then you would touch your fingers. I think it was called Chisenbop and it was a way to, to do math. So you'd be like, hey, you can't, here I got it. Seven. <laughs> what? See, I just do this. <laughs> One, two, three. I hear you. All right, let's get out of here. Meredith needs to get this out so people can hear the podcast, the big one. After the last preseason game, one and two, what a disappointing preseason! I can't get uh, I can't get a T-shirt that said "National Preseason Champions." That's all right. I'll have to wait till next year. That's what we do in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder for our amazing producer, outstanding, amazing, uh, and uh, puts up with us all the time. Meredith Kane, thank you, Mer- Meredith, who does a great job on the podcast. If you want to be a part of the podcast, you know how to do it at Game Day CLE at Game Day CLE. Not to be confused with imposters at Game Day CLE on Instagram and on Twitter. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.